Good morning. Court Radio is now in session. Call 215-227-2727. When you've got legal questions, we've got the answers. This is Court Radio. And now here's your host, Dean Weitzman. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Dean Weitzman, your host of Court Radio every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Welcome back, my friends. You know the drill. Give us a call at 215-227-2727. The number for all things legal in Philly. a dramatic build-up to the conclusion there, young man. Did you do something in the uh, in the laboratory since last week? It's been like that for years. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why. It's like a new experience to you no, every, every week. No, no. It's something else, man. <laughs> he, 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 the mad scientist was back in the lab again this week. He's lying. 215-227-2727 is our number. Yes. Oh, no. Yes, sir. Prior to coming on the air, we were talking about a show that I watched called Poker Face, and that's the key. The person on the show can always tell when you're lying. That's their little tweak. You know, it's funny you should mention that because on Thursday evenings, I'm in a poker game. Mm. Uh, mm. And I find my skills as a trial attorney um, come in very handy because oh. I can look around the room and I can, I can see the tell. That's a re- each, that's a real thing on each player, even in courtrooms. Is is it like that in courtrooms? Oh, absolutely. You look for tells. Absolutely, but you, you know. You, oh, you'll love this show then. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, we're we're starting. Uh, this is week two of our upcoming May oral race, mm. um, and uh, last week we had uh, Mr. Green on, and uh, this week we have Mr. Brown mm. on. Welcome to Court Radio. We have the one and only Jeff Brown. Morning, Jeff. Morning, Jeffrey. Um, one second, Jeff, while um, Mr. Jackson. No, I, I don't. Uh... We're having a little technical difficulty, Mr. Yeah. Brown. Good morning. Yeah. We'll get you in a second. It's a phone line issue. Yeah, it is, unfortunately. How about if we have uh, Jeff give us a call back right away? Yeah, it's not your fault. It's a phone line issue. Oh, it's always our fault. Is it? It's our fault. We take responsibility for everything. That's why everyone loves you, Dean. Um, all right. How about this? Um, yeah, Jeff, give us a call right back, and let's see if we can't... Uh... Any thoughts on the race? Um, so far, any? Well, it's a crowded field. Very, you know, and uh, it's gonna the city's gonna be whacked up, you know, in many little pie uh, pieces, mm. uh, and it's gonna be interesting who who creates the coalition who has the most votes um, on the Democratic side, because you know once you get through the primary as a Democrat in the city of Philadelphia, it's almost assured that you'll be the next whatever of that position. Let me ask you something. You're a guy. You talk to your clients. You got your you got your ear to the ground. And when you hear people talk about what's on their minds, what are they? What, what's on their minds? 
from your perspective? Um, what do they care about as it relates to Philadelphia? Yeah, uh, crime. It really, crime yeah. is number one. Crime, yeah, yeah crime. Um, fear of uh, crime and uh, being involved in crime and um, having people getting away with or what perceived to be getting away with doing crime and not the time. Mm. Um, uh, you know, the district attorney's office is not doing their job and they're not they're not prosecuting enough. They're not, you know, so they're creating this atmosphere um, of uh, lawlessness. And um, so I think people are scared of that. And um, I don't think it's a good look for the city. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we want to turn that around. So I think that's the that's the that's the big issue. And then the second issue is all of the social network issues like, you know, education Mm. and health care and food uh, Mm. that food. Yeah, food. (laughs) Uh, I don't think I've ever seen as many commercials about children not eating right and not enough food. I don't think I've ever noticed it this much here in America. Yeah. Yeah. People are are food insecurities. Yeah. All right. Let's try this again. Um, Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown? Yeah. Good morning. Uh, Sounding good. There you go. So hopefully you've been listening in on our uh, conversation. And, um, you know, I, well, first off, uh, Jeff, congratulations on, you know, finally jumping in with both feet uh, into the race. I I applaud you for that. It takes a lot of courage because, you know, you get very comfortable doing the things we do well, uh, whether it's lawyering or feeding uh, the city. And, you know, you do it well and you're successful at it. And why at uh, our age rock the boat? You know, why not just uh, go to uh, Nassau for a vacation or something? But no, you decided to take on the hardest job in America right now. As far as a mayoral, you know, position goes, I cannot imagine a, a place other than Philadelphia that it has as many challenges as it has. What were you thinking, young man? Everyone's been saying that. Well, th- this city is in a bad way, and I've been here all my life. I've never seen it this bad before. Um, we need a change. Um, when, I, when I was a young boy, like eight years old, my dad would take me to his, his grocery store at 40th and Gerard in West Philly, and maybe 15% of the population lived in poverty. And what I've seen over the preceding 50 years is a real deterioration of the circumstances of the city and just human suffering on a level I haven't seen in the city before. And I get you guys were speaking about it. Um, I think 25% of the population lives in poverty today. And, and a lot of my stores are in those neighborhoods. And I see firsthand families that have experienced gun violence, uh, uh, drug overdoses, just a, a level of violence that I think it, is at a new high. And, you know, things just are going bad. And you reach a certain p- point in your life where, you know, you, you're not struggling to take care of your family. You're beyond that. And um, I, I want to fix this problem because the other people I see running made the problem. And I don't know under what circumstances we're going to get to where we want to with the people who made the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the career career politicians um, who seem to get fatter every year off of the public dole, um, while the folks they're supposed to be representing are getting thinner and thinner. Um, 
it it's it does seem to be a pervasive problem. Um, I'm not. I, I don't know. I don't know <clears throat> what you think you can do to uh, break that chain, um, frankly, because it's it, it's systemic. It's it's in this. It's a part of the fabric of the culture of politics. Um, I I uh, and people are frustrated, which is why we ended up with Trump and those lunatics for all the years we had them, because people were like, we don't want what we've had all along we want something completely different you know they jumped off a cliff in my opinion but yeah that's all i'm with you on that all right so so that but how are you going to make a difference jeffrey and i'm serious how what are you going to do what do you see the others don't yeah i'm going to get into that and to start out with um they have the wrong skills so what they know how to do is not helpful and if i could lay it out uh, we, our city has 26,000 mostly unionized workers. It's a very large and complex organization, complex budgeting. Um, the, these folks have never managed anything like this. I'm the only one running that's run a large unionized workforce. And the truth of the matter is the things we need the workers to do, the workers work hard every day, but they're being led very poorly. And we have leaders that know nothing about that. And so that's one huge benefit I I bring to the table. The other thing is I'm a proven leader. In crisis, you see me in crisis. You saw me during the unrest, how I handled myself, how I turned around our two damaged stores. You saw me during the pandemic. People came from all over the state to get food from me and paper towels and toilet paper because I was the only one that had it. You know, because during a crisis, I'm calm as could be and I take care of business. And honestly, if you're mayor of this city, you're signing up to have some crises that you can't even imagine what they're going to be. Um, And the real problem of this city is structural poverty. And I'm the only one that has deeply worked in communities to help people give them a hand out of structural poverty. And we, we will get into my background towards the end of this discussion, but it's extensive in helping people achieve meaningful work and success. And the other people just talk about these things. They have no direct experience, you know, doing any of it. For example, my wife and I started Uplift Solutions, and we've been an incredible blessing to so many returning citizens, helping them get meaningful work and become successful. And over the last seven years in that nonprofit operation, only 2% of our trainees have returned to the criminal justice system, meaning that 98% of the people, all they needed was help to find a good opportunity in training. And my work on PLSE, Philadelphia Lawyers for Social Equity, once they turn their lives around, they can't reach their maximum potential because of their criminal record. And so we, on a pro bono basis at PLSE, clear their records. And under my tenure, we've cleared 25,000 Philadelphians' records. And, you know, now we've got into the pardon business. And you saw that the governor pardoned a lot of people before he left. I mean, that's our organization's work and my personal effort calling him and pushing him, you know, to get these pardons done. People that went to jail for selling relatively small amounts of marijuana that today is legal in most states. And so why are they in jail? Why do they have a record? I push for changes in that. And, you know, the unions that we so badly will need cooperation from they're very comfortable with me because I unionized my own business 35 years ago. 
I thought it was the right way to run it. And, and I understand how unions work, how labor contracts work, health and welfare plans, pension plans. And when they sit down with me, like almost every union I sit down with me endorses me because they're like, this is the first time we've had a potential leader that understands us and understands how we work and understands how to get us to do what they want while still staying within the concept of, of a labor union. Jeff, I'm going to go there. Um, this politics, you get asked tough questions. You sure. sound like the savior, and Jeff, you're white. And folks sometimes go, oh, God, here comes the white savior. You sound like you bring a different skill set. It all sounds great, but I'm going to ask you a tough question. Is being white a burden in this race for you? Well, um, th- there are a, a minority of people, a very small amount of the black community that uh, is hung up on this idea that a person that helps people should be branded as something negative, and we should criticize them for helping people. And, you know, I don't know how that does anything but prolong people's suffering. Like, I don't come off with a big ego. I'm, splin- I'm explaining what, what my record is and what I've done, and I don't ask to be call- called the savior in any way. I don't ask to be thanked. I don't ask for anything back. I just see a problem, and I work on fixing it. And I do think there will be some in the media that will constantly um, criticize me. And essentially what they're criticizing me for is being effective and solving problems in a much bigger way than anyone else. And, you know, I, I understand the concept and I don't. What I don't is if someone's doing a good job for you, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I know how to do these things, and, but you haven't seen it. I'm going over my record of doing these things. And I think the white savior concept is a constant barrage of of white people suggesting they're going to be a savior for people that are struggling and never do. That's self-promotion. That's not what I'm doing here. My record is solid of doing these things, and it's unlike anyone else. So I think it's misplaced and misguided. Yet people will still criticize me. But if someone wants to be the mayor of this city, that's what you sign up for. You sign up to be questioned and criticized. I'm not thin-skinned. I'm willing to discuss it. Um, do I get every cultural nuance 100% right for everyone every time? No. No, I don't. But my intentions are always to help people, always, for my entire career, not to promote myself. And so I listen to people's comments. Um, if, if I think they had a good point, I try to adjust my tone or how I talk about things. Um, and, you know, when I do that, the people around me are saying, but you did do those things and no one else has come to help us. So why can't you explain your record? And so there's people that have the other side of that voice saying the reason we're not getting help is they kill everyone that can help us. Don't let, listen to them. Let, let me ask you a question. A, a lot of what we need in the city of Philadelphia is communication and help and interaction between uh, Harrisburg and Washington. We need funds to come here. We, you know, it. we don't create the, these movements. We are the movement. Mm. How is it that you, do you have what's needed to have those relationships 
and to be an effective cheerleader for the city of Philadelphia so that we get our fair share of what's out there so that we the can resources. accomplish what you want. The vision you have needs money. Where are you getting the money from? Yeah, I, t- I totally agree that we cannot finance our own success. We will need help from the state, from the federal government philanthropically. And if you look at my work in food deserts, if you look at my work at Uplift and other nonprofits, I've been a rainmaker for every single effort I have. And some of it is is a force of nature or a force of personality um, that, I, that I lay out a vision that's compelling, and I won't stop till I get it done. And you will see that I've gotten money from everyone you mentioned to do the other things I've done in my life because I, I can't do it all on my own. And, you know, people meet me, and they're generally very inspired by – by my ideas and what I'm trying to accomplish. And I generally don't have a problem, you know, funding the ideas I have. And I can tell you when I talk to the people you have on your list, the state, the federal government, and the philanthropic community, people have not dealt with them properly in this administration. They don't apply for grants they could apply for. They don't follow the process to get their money. They don't bargain. And, you know, I do these things, and I have done it to be successful in the past. And I will be an incredible rainmaker for this city. And you can even see it in my fundraising. I'm out fundraising everybody. And the reason that is, it's not because I know a lot more people, because everybody knows the same people. When people hear my vision, they get excited. And they're like, this is what I want to invest in. Jeff Brown. All right. uh, running for mayor of the city of Philadelphia. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us on Court Radio. Um, please feel free to come back as the hate, the race heats up. Appreciate you, Mr. Brown. Lovely spending some time with you this morning. Take care. Wow. Yeah. We're, you know, this race is starting to get, starting to get heated up. I mean, we're starting to see polls. Um, people yeah. are starting to, you know, get kind of get segregated in polls. Have you noticed more commercials? Uh, I haven't because I don't watch. Right. Uh, Have you heard any? Nothing? No. No, nothing stands up? No. No. Haven't seen, heard. I don't know. I can just say a measure of a person. I get this when I go to your office. Yes. Your staff likes you. I mean, they generally like you. Yes, they do. I go to all his stores. They love this guy. I mean, that got to say something. It does. It, it it does. Because if you're a leader of an organization, whether a law firm or a grocery store, uh, you, you really can't accomplish what you envision unless you get everybody on your team. And it goes all the way back. Listen, when I grew up, the best decision, and I made a lot of bad decisions, but the best decision I ever made was when Eric Solomon walked down the street and said to me, hey, kid, come here. And he said, um, I, I'm in the Boy Scouts. Why don't you come join us? They're right. Yeah. And I said, uh, okay. And I wasn't really like a joiner, mm-hmm. but I, I went and I really got into it and, um, you know, earned the merit badges and learned all the skills and had a patrol, had my own patrol. I was a patrol leader. You guys had the handbook and everything. Oh, man, yeah. I had the that, merit badges. Yeah, the, the sash, the whole. I mean, I, I, <laughs> he could tie a knot. Yeah, oh, I had Make all. Make a fire. I could tie a knot with one hand. Ooh, and so Skills. Yeah, I learned the skills. I was but, a scout. I was a Cub Scout. But oh, I yeah. also learned to be a leader of those boys, you know, and we had to accomplish things that I could not do myself mm. but had to do as a group. And everybody had to work at their best peak performance in order to for us to succeed. 
And those are skills that are, I mean, uh, are not often learned. I don't think there's been a better commercial for the Boy Scouts of America <laughs> than what I just heard. And look at the success story there. Come yeah. on, man. Uh, listen, I, you're looking at an Eagle Scout, okay? Ooh, I, I, he's, hey. Good, yeah. I got he the, needs an applause for that tactic. It really does. <laughs> I know. I was there. Good for yeah. you, man. I never told us that story before. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was an Eagle Scout, and then you, 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 uh, you got into this, like, um, private organization called Order of the Arrow. Oh, that was above my... <laughs> you got, you got, you're starting to scare me now, Dean. Let's not go down that like, rabbit hole. It's like Batman, the Court of Owls. <laughs> you, got, you got tapped out at uh, in front of this gigantic bonfire, and then the Indian would come behind you and, like, slap you on the, on the back. <laughs> And then you got into you got into a line and you couldn't talk for twenty four hours and you had to live in the woods for twenty four hours and like eat what bur- the dancing with wolves? <laughs> you had to eat berries. And oh, sticks. stop! Oh no, I'm dead serious. Did dead you do serious. the pop the pop temp and the pop temp and everything? You oh yeah, all well, that. No, yeah, the jamborees. Yeah, I was at the jamborees. Yeah. Get out of here. Oh, died in the wolf Boy Scout. Yeah. Anyway, We were so talking about Jeff Brown. We're talking leadership. about leadership. You know what he sells he... in his stores? What? Hair relaxers. Hair relaxers? You segue monster. Hey, it's my job. <laughs> <laughs> you segue monster. Uh, listen, I the phones did not stop ringing. I know. Last Saturday, we did a segment, folks, on hair relaxers. So stop what you're doing and listen for a moment. Please. There please. was a long-term study of thousands of people, and the federal government discovered with the scientists, they discovered that hair relaxers cause double the risk, double the risk of uterine cancer Mm -hmm. and endometrial cancer. Mm -hmm. Those two cancers, your risk is doubled by using hair relaxers. And folks didn't know it, and the companies didn't tell anyone, and... A lot of people are suffering now because of that. Not only those two cancers, but also fibroids leading to hysterectomies. Mm -hmm. Fibroids leading to hysterectomies have affected so many women. Endometrial and uterine cancer, fibroids leading to hysterectomies. If you've used hair relaxer for more than five years in your life, you need to call me Today. You really do. 215-227-2727 because, you know, things don't change unless we make a stand. And this is the stand for all the women who have been suffering with cancer and hysterectomies, lost the ability to have children because they were using a chemical on their head that migrated into their body and changed changed their whole system and created a cancer because of that chemical. As a man who has dated black women all my life, and I can remember many a woman I've dated talking about fibroids and fibroid tumors. I had a fiance. I experienced being in the waiting room while she was going through a procedure. I remember how painful it was, but no one all these years ever connected these dots before. But I do, like it was yesterday, I can remember all these conversations with different women about these maladies, fibroid tumors and the endometri- endometrial cancer. cancer. Exactly. My fiance died of cancer uh, many, many, many years ago, back in the 90s. And fast forward to 2023, Dean, you've latched onto something that I think if you're a black woman and you're here 
our voice. You need to talk about this. You may need to talk about this, period, but you need to call Dean. Yeah. We've got so many calls last week. This is really a thing. This is something that answers a lot of questions. And it's we're really at the very beginning of this process. And, and what I'm going to tell you is if, if this is something that you or you know somebody who might be suffering with this or has suffered with this and they had used hair relaxer, we're going to have a victim on next week. Mm. We're going to have somebody on next week who is battling cancer now and who has used hair relaxers her whole life and never knew that this is what was going to come of that kind of benign process. You know, uh, you're, you you want to have straight hair and, and you figure you'll put this chemical on and no big deal. It's, it's on your hair. It's on the outside of your body, for God's sakes. What could it do to you? And yet it actually can cause it doubled the risk of endometrial and uterine cancer and fibroids leading to hysterectomies. It's crazy, mm. and um, we're we're at, on the ground floor, and you need to come on the elevator now. I can tell you there's not a black woman within the sound of our voices, if they haven't gone through it, knows another woman that has, and this could possibly be the cause. All right, next week, next week you're going to hear all about it in great detail. Um, in the meantime... Um, why don't we take, um, line one, Joseph? Oh, Joseph. Yo, what's up, guys? Hey, South Philly. Yes, it is. (laughs) The one and only. Good to hear your voice. How you doing, guys? We're well. We're doing well. What's happening, uh, in your, in your world? Uh, same stuff. Just getting old. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I just wanted to uh, talk about the uh, the candidate that's running for mayor. Yep. Like I mean, not not just him. I mean, I don't know who he is. Um, did you like what he said? Did you did it ba- I, did it, did it sound good to you? Well, what what it does what it sounds to me is I'm an old guy. I'm old, so I've been hearing this crap forever. You know, one man cannot do what he wants to do. Yep. It's impossible. It's impossible. And, and if you have the Republican-Democrat, forget about it. Forget about it. Because he could pass a bill, the other ones say no, they say yeah. It's, no, it's no good. It's no good. I, I just, I don't vote at all. I, know, I, I stopped voting a long time Oh, Joe. Well, Joe. Like, that ain't so. Here's the, deal. here's the deal. I feel like if I put somebody in there, he's going to do the same thing everybody else does. Hey, which Joe. Which is nothing. Joe, did, did you vote for uh, JFK? No, I was no. I couldn't vote. Too young. Okay, so you're not that old, bro. Um, well, I'm, I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, JFK was um, a charismatic leader, right? Well, they say yeah. Um, I, I think, like, I think I, I'm still an optimist at heart, and 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 I totally agree with you that you know nothing changes. It's the same nothing. crap every year. Yeah, but I think year. if we can elect a leader who can bring people together for a cause and not for his or her own self-interest, we have the beginning of a movement. I I don't want to give up on us. And, we and, can't. And, and, we can't. And, we and, can't. Yeah. I mean, we cannot. <laughs> we, this is the birthplace of this whole thing we're discussing. Yeah. This whole system started so, right in this city. I, well, and, 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 Joe, somebody has to be mayor, so we have to choose we the choose. best. Yeah. 
of, yeah. you know, somebody's got to be mayor. Yeah, right. I, I, I agree with that 100%. But the thing is, with my theory, the way I think, I mean, I don't know, but nobody's going to say, yeah, you, you know, you're right, you're 100% right. From what I've been seeing all my life, nothing has been changed. Well, I see a difference. Everything is the same. I hear the same thing over and over again. We need schools. We need jobs. We need be- – no, you don't. People don't want it. People don't want jobs. People don't want to go to work. People don't want to go to school. If yeah. they could get money by doing other things, they do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, yes, I, I, I you're, 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 you're being a realist, I guess. You're, you're being, you're being a pragmatist. But I, I believe that we have the capacity as a people to do good. To be better. To, to do better. Do better. To do better. You know, I, yeah, I, you're right. I think, yeah, I mean, I'm, what I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm crazy, but you're right. Well, Joe, I would vote for you. <laughs> no, it would, it would take a week for me to straighten this whole country out. A week. I, One week. Yeah, I could do, Joe, I could do it in six days. <laughs> I, could do, I could do it in five. Oh, <laughs> name, All right, Joe. Joe, Joe. <laughs> you go for it, brother. I could do it in four. And on the fourth day, he rested. <laughs> I just want to touch the hem of your South Philly garment now, Joe. That's all. Hey, Joe, what you're saying, Joe, South Philly, come on, real quick. We've been rocking, dude. There's an NFC Championship game. There's a vibe. There's a there's a there's something in the air in South Philly, Joe. How you feel this weekend? It's over. The, the I took the Eagles. I took the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. That bookie's take, coming take to see me one, this too. week. <laughs> uh, take him on the next one, too. Uh, you tell him, Joseph, bro. thanks for calling Court Radio. Yeah, Always buddy. a good time. Be well. All right, pal. All right. Take it easy. He's an original man. I uh, love him. <laughs> all right, we got to go to break, folks. We'll be back with all kinds of great information and fun facts in two minutes. I'm Dean Weitzman. If you have a history of using chemical hair straighteners and have been diagnosed with uterine or endometrial cancer, call My Philly Lawyer now at 215-227-2727. Frequent use of chemical hair relaxers can double the risk of uterine and endometrial cancer. If you've been affected, we will fight for you. Call 215-227-2727. My Philly Lawyer, when winning matters most. When we say winning matters most, we mean it. My Philly Lawyer just helped secure an $80 million victory for a client suffering from a defective medical product. Whether it's a motor vehicle, workplace, or medical malpractice injury, My Philly Lawyer gets results. If you've been injured and want aggressive, thoughtful, thorough representation, call My Philly Lawyer first. Philly's legal champions, 215-227-2727. My Philly Lawyer, when winning matters most. I grew up here, went to school here, raised my kids here. I know Philly, and Philly knows me. I started My Philly Lawyer because if you've been injured, your lawyer matters, and choosing someone local matters. It matters to the insurance company, it matters to the jury, and most importantly, your lawyer matters when it comes to getting results. If you've been injured, call us now, 215-227-2727. My Philly Lawyer, when winning matters most. 
I'm Dean Weitzman. If you have a history of using chemical hair straighteners and have been diagnosed with uterine or endometrial cancer, call my Philly lawyer now at 215-227-2727. Frequent use of chemical hair relaxers can double the risk of uterine and endometrial cancer. If you've been affected, we will fight for you. Call 215-227-2727. My Philly lawyer, when winning matters most. Legal Answers. Here's more Court Radio with your host, Dean Weitzman. Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Dean Weitzman, your host of Court Radio, here every Saturday morning to help you with any legal issues you might have and to provide you a little levity on a Saturday morning with my crew. I've got Manny Manuel Glenn. Good morning. And Eric Tactics Jackson. What's going on? At the keyboard. You uh, going to the game? Uh, I am not. I am not. You know, I, I prefer to, for some reason, I really prefer to watch football in my own home. I uh, understand. Uh, you know, I got the TV uh, there. Yep. You've been there. Yeah. You, you saw the TV. Man, please. <laughs> <laughs> and and I got, you know, I got some uh, chicken, pa chicken parm sandwiches. It's all right there. Yeah. And, and I just want to be, you know, I want to, I want the kids are running around and it's just an atmosphere that I like to watch football in. And so uh, I'll be home tomorrow. Should they, will, when they, Move on to the final dance. It's going to be a special I'll, I'll be in Arizona. You'll be yeah. in oh, Arizona? Oh, you're going out? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. We're going out? Yeah. Is that what yeah. the whole show's going, going yeah. out? Yeah. <laughs> we'll take a bus. <laughs> Look how he weaves his way right in. <laughs> Did I not say we? <laughs> yes. Oh, no, the whole show. We got the stand with everybody. <laughs> you know, shout to Cheryl Lee Ralph Hughes. She's yes. going to be uh, singing... The national anthem? Um, not the national anthem. Uh, lift every voice and sing. At the Super oh, Bowl. At, wow. the Super Bowl. At the Super Bowl. You go, Shirley yeah. Ralph. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Is she wow. having a year? She's having a moment, man. Yeah. Um, that's big time. And, um, well, that's great. You I guess Vince part. and she will be there, maybe. <laughs> I know I know what show uh, Vince and which one is going to be repeated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there you go. So that's why he's not running. He's going to Super Bowl. <laughs> Oh, he's not running. Vince, he's not. He, he talked about running for mayor. Oh, I thought you mean he's retiring or something. And, and then not he running. announced Thursday he's not running. Got it. He made he's going to stay in Harrisburg and try to Harrisburg. get us some money. Yes. Bring us more money. He's been doing a great job bringing us a yeah, lot he's of money. Gotta, we got to find a way to get that log jam of all the millions of dollars that they have just stuck yeah. in Harrisburg and get those to the right well, place. You know, it's the fools and the, those Republicans in the little boonie counties uh, in that you would never go to. Right. And, and, and they need the money, too. So. Yeah. Well, the one good they, thing you yeah, up—they don't need the money like we need the money. You brought something up in that in that uh, conversation with Jeff about having relationships. Well, he and Vince kind of know each other. Yeah. Oh, uh, Mr. Brown. Yeah. Mr. Mm -hmm. Brown and Mr. Hughes—that helps. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, it does. It does, um, because people who work together and there's a level of trust, right. you know, then you can accomplish a lot more than if you don't have that level of trust. And and so I, I I think relationships are real important. Very important. <clears throat> yeah. But we'll see what happens. You know, I, I mean 
I'm, I'm a little like Joe, South Philly Joe, because, yeah. I mean, we've seen the same thing. over. We've been to the same movie over and over but there and over again. there have been changes. There really have been. Okay. There have been changes. So? Well, when I look up as a black man, I certainly see some changes. Then I see some things that go, oh, nothing's changed. But at the same time, I know from where I sit in my living room, in my home, well, it's obvious things have there've been yeah. changes. The young, I, I will the, say, the young I'm, man who was beat to death um, would have something to say. I, and I hear you loud and clear. Yeah, you're right. He, and that that was going on in this city as a young black man in the '60s and '70s under a particular police captain and police force. Mm. It was happening, but that changed in yes. this city. Yes, right. It, it, increm- it, 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 in- it yeah, 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 incrementally yeah. changed, but. Um, you know, the tolerance I, level definitely changed. Definitely changed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How's that? And the awareness. Things do change. And now, you know, I think it's to the point in this city where we have to find a balance of being tough and not being over-aggressive. See, when you say crime, that's what black folks hear. We worry about that. We want, we want tough crime, too, but we worry about the injustices that happen yeah. to us. Right. It doesn't happen be, to everybody else. Be some type of I don't, balance. That's, yeah. what, that's what scares us. But we want to be tough, but damn Memphis. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I, 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 I listen. I don't. Again, I and I've said it all along here for the however many years we've been on the air. I don't. I want tough, but I also want a carrot at the end of the stick as well. I want to give people an opportunity to change their circumstances and 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 do something in a different way, while keeping the lash on them to help them make that positive change because sometimes I know for myself sometimes it's the possibility of punishment that pushes me to do good you know it, it in, in your profession yeah yeah the it, circumstances there have to be consequences right conse- you have to have consequences otherwise you, there's no reason to change anything ever so there has to be consequences for your behavior but you also have to have some hope that you know if you do well you will Get well, you will be well, and you know that you won't just keep being knocked down. Like you know, like Doctor Phil says, you don't reward bad behavior. Yeah, I Doctor Phil did. <laughs> did Ew. you really go Doctor wow. Phil? <laughs> but you don't reward bad behavior. Well, that's that's what my animal trainer tells me. You know, <laughs> you, you know, you can't. Does he watch Doctor Phil? When or does he watch Caesar? When uh, when the dog comes up and and takes some food from you at the table. You know that dog's going to come up and take food from you every single time. It's going to get worse and more aggressive and more aggressive and more aggressive. You have to stop that. But the quality of life issues are what, what concern folks, too. And crime is one of them. Issues, personal health issues. When you think about folks suffering uh, in the, the medical issues, what we're talking about with hair care products. Hair care um, products. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, line two, we have Gloria from Overbrook Park. <laughs> Segway monster. Gloria. Oh, Gloria. Line two. Hey, how are you this morning? Oh, but for a second there, I thought we had lost you. Uh, no, you know what? My, my ear muted the phone, but Gloria, that, welcome to Core Radio, Gloria. Welcome. Thank you. What's, Thank you. What, what about hair relaxer caused you to dial us up? Well, um, when I was 18, I had a dermoid. Um, tumor in my, in my ovary, so I had one ovary removed. Um, at that time, I found out that I had fibroids um, inside and outside of my uterus. Um, and finally, at 40, because of the fibroids and the pain and, you know, everything that goes along with having fibroids, 
um, I had a hysterectomy. And how that pa- was the best day how- of my life. Wait, how painful was that hysterectomy? Oh, my God. I took at, at nine. My period came on at nine. And at nine, I took 900 milligram Motrin. Okay? Yeah. And I got excused absences from school. Oh, my God. And my mom permed my hair because it was really, really thick, and she didn't know how to do hair around eight. Okay. When you say really now, I've heard hair. I've heard this before from black women. When you say your mom permed your hair, when I was a kid, like I grew up in a beauty shop, so like I, you mm. know, not, not too many, not too many people have anything over me when it comes to hair. I was a hairstylist. All, right. All right, my dad, my dad was a colorist. My mom was a cutter, and they had a beauty shop in in the Oxford Circle. But when they talked about perm and hair, they took a like a white. Jewish guy who had straight hair, and they created Curl. jerry curls for yeah. him. That was a that perm, was perm, you know. Right. So they created curls. What you're talking about is straightening hair, Taking right? The curl when away. you say perm, you're referring to straightening. Yes. 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 Okay. I'm referring to the perms that you are saying has helped and contributed to African American women yeah. having fibroids. Yep. It's, I, I permed my hair to straighten it. Okay. I actually have straight hair now. Right. Okay, like, and curly, like Indian, because I have Indian in my family. However, I didn't see myself like that when I was a little girl. So, yes, I had my mom perm my hair so that, you know, it was long enough. Um, and then I permed my hair probably until... I was like 30, 32, 33, uh-huh. and at 33, I just went natural because my daughter was the second-ranked female barber in the country. But my daughter also needs to get in on this um, lawsuit because at 30, she had to have a hysterectomy because she had fibroids inside and outside of her body. And I permed her hair probably like maybe four or five times um, when she was younger, and they were like... Her body acts like she was having a baby. Those things are, the fibroids actually live and feed off of, you know, our bodies. And yeah. my, my cycle was horrible all of my life because of, you know, the, the, the blood clots. Yeah, my, 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 my sympathies to you. And, um, you know, obviously you had no clue, you had no reason to understand or believe that, the hair care products you were using every few months were contributing to that problem. Um, had you known, would you have done something different? Had I, had I known, I would have stopped them. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, but the thing is, it's hard because, um, you know, culturally, we were encouraged to do that because, you know, straighter hair is better. Yep. But had I known I'm better, you know, I would have done better. And actually, that's why my daughter, I permed her hair, like, maybe for a year, you know, every six months. Um, But I'm glad that I did stop when I stopped mine. But she still suffered from horrible fibroids, okay? And to think that as a mother that I did that or contributed to that because I didn't realize that the fibroids um, you know, came from my perming my hair the way that I did. Okay? Lori, um, yeah, you need to pass this on to your girlfriends and family members. This is a real thing in our community. We hear the culture all through this conversation. You really need to pass this on and tell them about Dean and what what he's going, what he's dealing with, and doing for folks right now. We don't. Well, I just want to say one thing. The problem why you get so many African American women is because we don't have to say that. You're breaking up. Hello. Hello, I'm here. Can you hear me? Say it again, please. 
that we don't encourage each other to tell each other that our natural state is beautiful. Um, we're so busy trying to conform, and that's why so many of us are in the state of fibroids that we are, trying to conform to what society thinks that we should look like with straight hair. And I'm sorry that, you know, I conformed, and I, I hope, I, you know, that we stop that. Well, so yeah. I just can grow up and not have the same issues. And and I say that, you know, I agree with you and and I applaud your liberation, but I know that if you had known and other women had known that the dangers that lurked in using this physically to your body um, were going to, you know, and, and for the profit of a corporation who knew or should have known that that's exactly what was going to happen, then I say we need to take them on and we need to get some measure of justice for the women who have or, who have or are suffering with cancers or fibroids and hysterectomies and having their bodies cut apart because some corporation was, didn't care that the chemical they were using was a poison. And so um, I encourage you and I encourage all the other women who have this um, problem to give us a call and um, to, be, to, get on, to get on the bandwagon while, while this is just, you know, starting out. Um, Gloria, I'm sure I'll hear from you this week um, and your daughter, and, and I, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for calling Court Radio. Have a great Saturday. Thank you so much. You have a great Saturday, and thank you for, for being who you are and caring about the injustices that happen um, to people, you know, because of lack of knowledge. Thank, right? thank you, Gloria. Thanks so much. Yeah, you could hear yeah. the pain in I mean, voice. listen, you know, I, 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 like I said, you know, I've said it before. I grew, grew up in, in, the, in the Oxford Circle with food stamps when food stamps were, you know, coupons that you brought to the, uh, to the cashier. Different books, different colors. Yeah, different brown, colors. Blue, yeah, yeah, different yeah. weeks, no. different mm-hmm. colors. And having, having them, you know, scream over the loudspeaker that they needed a supervisor on, you know, aisle six because uh, some whole kid, store. kid was using food stamps. <laughs> and the whole, like the whole store just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Not to take it too far left, but interesting about the cultural. I like the left, sir. Um, <laughs> um, is there a law um, pending or happening as far as uh, discrimination on on hair? Because, you know. I, I think I did hear some yes. something about that, that, you know, that you cannot you cannot have any rules at the uh, office that oh, yeah. discriminates against yeah. here because that's part of the problem. That's what she means by culturally right. because yeah. in, in order to get hired, you would had had to have straight hair. Right. You I couldn't mean, come in listen, with natural hair. One of the great regrets of my life is that I didn't... Um, you know, braid my hair. I was, you know, I. I oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, if I, I might, I might still have again, hair if I, would I have did. Had it. Locks. I would have had long locks. I would yeah. have had ab- absolutely. Yeah. Ab- knowing what I know now. Me too. But the I other, watch, go ahead. the other thing though is when when we were getting our hair relaxed at eight, it wasn't about work. It was about time. Like your mother did not have time to fight with you and your hair at that right. age. Like I remember hair no being tangles. I remember hair being an all day thing. It actually yes. started on Saturday. Saturday yes. was wash day. That was ours. Mm. And then that Sunday was scalp. the style day after it dried 
because nobody wants to sit under a dryer, so I had to air dry till Sunday. Like the whole weekend was hair. <laughs> oh my god, oh, man, this no, is I, real. I, no little kid is sitting under a dryer, and I have very thick hair. And then my mother would sit. I would be watching TV as she greased my scalp, as they used to say, and put it in tiny little braids. Were like, you tender headed? No. So, well, she was, wasn't because they've been working on her since she's <laughs> exactly. So it's not just about society; it was about time. Like your parents, my mom worked two jobs; she didn't have time for that the whole weekend to be doing hair. Yeah, yeah. Listen. I even see me and my lovely wife um, with Sophia. You know, spend you know maybe an hour in the morning before she goes to school when she has when she wants some elaborate, you know, hairdo with, you know, braids going this way and that way and up there. But didn't, you know, it's like, oh, my I God. I smell the hot combs from the hot stove. Oh, straightening the kitchen, comb. The straightening Jeez. comb days when my mom and my aunt's girlfriends would come over on a Friday to get ready to go out. <laughs> I remember how it was a big deal to wear an afro and Angela Davis in the office in the bank and folks worried and well we got to stop straightening our hair we can wear our afro hey that was a big deal then i remember cornrows and demetrius uh, demetrius oh, in sixth grade he used to come with a comb stuck in his head afro <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, I had, listen man it was a big had, hair and it was per- it was deal. perfectly round you watch soul train what, yes. what, what do you win a gift kit of <laughs> such and such products afro sheen afro blah blah i mean it was hair was what she just said about all weekend long i watched my girl cousins go through this it's a big deal. It was a deal. And, and, Ry- and Byron Allen used to joke, why do they call it a perm? It doesn't last. They ought to call it a temporary. <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to be right back. Uh, folks, we're, we're going to come back with some more facts and fiction for you in two minutes. I'm Dean Weitzman. If you have a history of using chemical hair straighteners and have been diagnosed with uterine or endometrial cancer, call my Philly lawyer now at 215-227-2727. Frequent use of chemical hair relaxers can double the risk of uterine and endometrial cancer. If you've been affected, we will fight for you. Call 215-227-2727. My Philly lawyer, when winning matters most. When we say winning matters most, we mean it. My Philly Lawyer just helped secure an $80 million victory for a client suffering from a defective medical product. Whether it's a motor vehicle, workplace, or medical malpractice injury, My Philly Lawyer gets results. If you've been injured and want aggressive, thoughtful, thorough representation, call My Philly Lawyer first. Philly's legal champions, 215-227-2727. My Philly Lawyer, when winning matters most. I grew up here, went to school here, raised my kids here. I know Philly, and Philly knows me. I started My Philly Lawyer because if you've been injured, your lawyer matters, and choosing someone local matters. It matters to the insurance company, it matters to the jury, and most importantly, your lawyer matters when it comes to getting results. If you've been injured, call us now, 215-227-2727. My Philly Lawyer, when winning matters most. I'm Dean Weitzman. If you have a history of using chemical hair straighteners and have been diagnosed with uterine or endometrial cancer, call My Philly Lawyer now at 215-227-2727. Frequent use of chemical hair relaxers can double the risk of uterine and endometrial cancer. If you've been affected, we will fight for you. Call 215-227-2727. My Philly Lawyer, when winning matters most. 
legal answers? Here's more Court Radio with your host, Dean Weitzman. Welcome back. I am Dean Weitzman. This is Court Radio, your place to come every Saturday morning to discuss your legal issues, to ask your questions, to participate in the show. Simply by giving us a call at 215-227-2727, the number for all things legal in Philly. And if you should need us after the show, that same number will bring you right to the doorsteps of my Philly lawyer, the law firm that I helped to create and brand in Philadelphia for your benefit. And if we can help you, I will do everything in my power to make sure that that happens. If you've got a legal problem, you start at 215-227-2727, and I'll make sure that you're cared for properly. He'll even call you himself. I will. You'll have a conversation with him. Can't say it about everybody. So That's you're right. this kid going off in the Oxford Circle section of Philadelphia. Yeah. And you, you brought up mom and dad in the hair salon. What I remember being when I was young being dragged to salons is that smell. Yeah, the smell. You never forget that. My father's hands, he would come home and his hands would be cracked and bleeding from the chemical reaction. He was allergic to wow. the chemicals. That's all day. But, you know, yeah, but, like, he had to make a living. So he was. Closed on Mondays, right? Uh, yes, yep. of course. Closed on Mondays. Closed on Mondays. Sunday and Monday. So you know a little something, something about hair. Oh, yeah. So in between yeah. the break, we were telling you the black perspective of hair, how yeah. having straight hair was the norm if we wanted to fit in to work somewhere. It was a big deal when we were told, hey, you can wear your afro or you can wear your cornrows or your plaits. God bless my Uncle Gene. My Uncle Gene would come out of my mom's shop and he'd have a fro, <laughs> you know. Curly fro? Curly fro. What color was his hair? Uh, his hair was like blackish, dark brown, and uh, man, you know, and he'd have some gold chains on. He'd be wearing it. Platform like, shoes. Uh, platform shoes, oh, a little boy. silk shirt, and a leisure suit. What and in he the was, Saturday night fever? He was out on the town. <laughs> he is still alive. Sun rooftop. Digging the scene. with the gangster Uncle Gene is still alive. You know that's why you leaned in those cars. Because your hat was so big. Fed up straight. It wouldn't, so you had to lean for your hat and everything to get in the car. 215-227-2727. Let's talk to Matt from West Philly. Oh, Matt. Hey, good morning, Dean. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Matt. What's going on? Um, I have FMLA, the family leave for a uh, chronic condition I have. Uh-huh. And I used it a couple Fridays ago. And when I came in that Monday, I was disciplined. My job gives you points for calling off sick, but I used the FMLA. Is that in violation of my FMLA rights? Because I didn't call back on enough time to be drafted, even though I'm off on the weekend. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Mm. Um, and the question, you know, what are the consequences? I, I'm just, um, you know, I mean, I'll tell you this: an employer cannot fire or demote an employee for using intermittent FMLA, which is what you're talking about. Intermittent, like when your disease process flares up, you take off. You're not out for 12 weeks because you just had a baby, but you're out intermittently because of the FMLA. However, right, there is a process. If your employer has a process in which you have to report uh, that um, FMLA leave, 
if you don't report it, they can give you points. So if they have a process in which you have to report it uh, on your timesheet, uh, if you have to call in to, um, you know, like a, like there's a, there's called Sedgwick. If you have to call in the Sedgwick and report your leave, then that's what your men, mandatory have to do to make sure that you're using your FMLA properly so that they don't give you any points. I was on FMLA, so. That's what they did to me, and they told me that uh, because I didn't call, I called off of work using FMLA on Friday. They told me that I did not call back on in enough time to be considered to be drafted to work Saturday, even even though I'm off on the weekends, and they gave me points for that. And my procedure that day didn't even start until 11.30, so how can I call back on when I'm still, like, under anesthesia? Yeah, let me let me say this to you. Um, if your employer violates your rights under FMLA, okay, you can file a federal lawsuit against your employer uh, for that violation. You have a three-year statute of limitations on the FMLA violation under the FMLA statute. So um, it's something for you to consider. But then obviously, you know, you lay the gauntlet down. There could be uh, that that action has repercussions and you have to weigh that and measure whether it's worth your looking into it. But you do have a three year statute of limitations. So that's that's the you know, you're you're at the very beginning of that. And and you can there is a method by which you can file a federal FMLA um, violation. Usually, it's when an employer discharges you or demotes you, where you have a loss of income that is going to be permanent that I would suggest filing such a, a, a cause of action. If this does not result in you having that, then maybe, you know, you just send a letter and, and put people on record that, this was in violation and that you're objecting to it. Okay, I think I'll do that because it's, it's, pro- it's not job-threatening at all. Right. But I, it's mm. the principle of it. You it's know? the principle. I thought, F- I thought FMLA was pro- supposed to protect employees. It is. It didn't for me. Yeah, it is. And and um, and maybe you should go on the record um, so that that doesn't happen again. Um, Matt, thanks for calling Court Radio. I, and, and Matt, I want to just recognize that I know you called into the office with this question this week, and you and and you did the right thing by tracking me down Saturday morning. <laughs> Good for you, Matt. So um, you know when people can't find me, they know where they I know am on Saturday mornings. Matt, be well. Thanks for calling Court Radio. Have a great Saturday. Thank you. Uh, that is true. I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah, he 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 he's, he was persistent, and Good God man. bless him for that. that yeah. um, folks, cases. yeah, folks. Um, next week, don't forget, we'll be on with a victim of hair relaxer that has that is now suffering with uterine cancer. Mm. Um, and if you if you or family members are suffering with this, you need to listen next Saturday. Get. Put yourself aside. Make sure you making a little calendar reminder and uh, join in on uh, the action next Saturday when we're going to have a in-depth discussion of the hair relaxer litigation that we've just begun in Philadelphia. Folks, have a great Saturday, and I'll see you next week. Same time, same place.